We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equipus Church in Eden. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Wow, it's like home being here. So good to see you guys. Yeah, I'm Thor. As already mentioned, I'm from Mines, Equipus Mines. We launched Equipus Mines three, three months ago before we were a church named Basis. Um, I started this church with my wife. Her name is Gabi and with some friends. You can play. No? Okay. <laughs> it's a, it was nice. <laughs> nice atmosphere. So please sit down. Please sit down. Please sit down. Thank you. It's good. It's good. So, oh wow. My hope for you this morning is that you go home more encouraged as you came. Do you think this is possible? I think the Word of God can do that for us. Amen? Amen. The Word of God is strong, right? And it will never come back without doing anything, right? The Word of God can do and will not only inform us or inspire us, it will transform us, right? That's what the Word of God today wants to do. I want to say thank you very much for your invitation, Desiree and Pastor Willie. So awesome to be with you. Actually, uh, Pastor Sam called me middle of the week, once Wednesday. He said, what do you want to do? I said, I don't know. Uh, but what is about Dunedin? I've heard so much good things about this church. Uh, I think two hours later, I had a ticket to Dunedin. <laughs> now I'm here. So it's really an honor to see you and see this church, the energy here. I've heard, I saw Dunedin, I said, this is so beautiful here. Yeah. It's amazing living here, right? Yeah. And so beautiful and wonderful people all around. Yeah. But you know what? They need Jesus. Yes. They need Jesus. They need forgiveness. Yes. They need the glory of God. It's not enough to live in a nice place at the end of the world. It's you need Jesus. Yeah. You know, I've met Jesus when I was 14 years old. 14 years old. And I, I, I was not a religious guy. I never went to church. Never. My, my, my parents are not churchgoers. And I've heard this message. That Jesus will give me new life. Forgives all my sin. And I can have a complete new life and live for eternity. I had that first time. You cannot believe it. What happened in my heart. I said, if that is true. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. What is that an offer? What do I have to do? Yeah, right. Just giving my own, my old life to him. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I remember I've heard this offering in the morning. And I'm thinking the whole day through. If that is worth the giving my old life. The, the whole day, I'm thinking if my old life is worth the new life and the forgiveness. Can you imagine? We're still thinking, we're still calculating. Is my old life, do I want to stay and, 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 and do not change? Or do I want to give my whole life to Jesus and receive new life and forgiveness? Yeah. It took me, it took me a whole day. And then I made a decision. I want to follow Jesus all my life. And from this moment on, something came into my mind. I know everybody, everybody, everybody in the world should know that Jesus. Yeah. 
should know that there's love for us, unconditional love, and this love will change us. And it's for free. It's for free. <laughs> and from this day on, I'm on mission. That's true. From this day on, I'm on mission. The very next day, I drove in a car. I was not the driver because I was 14 years old. <laughs> But I know that I know God spoke to me. He said, I want you to become a pastor. Can you imagine that? From my perspective, pastor is the most boring job in the world. <laughs> I was really shocked. I said, God, is that your, you really want that from me? And he said, yes, this is what I want from you. And before I, you know, before I becoming a pastor, I was an IT consultant. Um, so programming, doing programming stuff and all these things. And because I, I lost this call anyhow, I don't know. I lost this call. Forget what God has spoken into my life. Thinking I'm not worthy doing it. I cannot do it. How can I do it? It's impossible. And once on a, in the morning in my office, God spoke again to me. He said, you know what? I haven't forgotten. I haven't forgotten. I want you to become a pastor. And you know, the only picture I had from pastor is that they're boring. That's one thing. You, you already heard that. That they are poor. So I, I was not sure if I really want to do that. <laughs> Because as an IT consultant, you earn a lot of money. I drove a Mercedes. They gave me a Mercedes. I was 26 years old. And they gave me 100,000 euro a year. That was good. And that was 15 years ago. Can you imagine what I could earn today? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, but God has spoken. He said, I love you. I will take care of you. I will take care of your finances. I will take uh, care of your relationships. I will take about, uh, about your career, everything I take. I have called you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know what I said to God? I said, you know, as far as the east is from the west, you have to move the mountain. I combined two Bible verses. Maybe you <laughs> combined them. I thought I'm clever. <laughs> But sometimes to, 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 just to proclaim Bible verses, it, it's like a key. Yes. Yes. And in this moment, God gave me a revelation about his love, un unconditional love to me. Yeah. And he said, you know what? Look in your life. You're good as an IT consultant, but not that good. I bring you to this position. I gave you, I gave you a wife. Wow. She's absolutely fantastic. You think you did it? No. <laughs> I gave it to you. And I saw all the blessings in my life. And he said, this is me. I'm your father. I'm your real father. You have to know my father died away some years ago before. And I was, really, I, I was hungry for fatherhood. And he said, I'm your father. Don't worry. Just do what I said. Just do what I said, and everything will comes all right. So, long story short, I gave up my Mercedes, <laughs> go to a theological seminary, to the Pentecostals, and became a pastor. Founded a church, and now I'm here.
being equippers is really an honor. <laughs> so good. Um, I received a word as Desiree spoke. I've heard from God reconnected. Reconnected. S somebody is here, or s maybe more than one person, and they need to hear this word reconnection. God wants to reconnect you. Maybe to an old relationship which is lost, which is broken. God wants to reconnect you to this person. He can do it. He can build a bridge. He can put together what is, what is far away from you. God wants to reconnect you to him. Maybe you're sitting here and say, I already, some years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I had a connection to God. But I did what I want. I did it by myself. I made my own decisions. And here's God and he's, he tells you, I want to reconnect you to myself today. It's not a coincidence that you're here. It's not an accident. God wants you to reconnect. All right. Let's go with the subject today. Ah, yeah, in Mainz. In Mainz. Mainz is a town, um, it's a very old town actually, has 250,000 people, it's 2,000 years old, and um, it has a lot of students like you have. I've heard you have a lot of 20,000 students. That, is that true? That's a lot. We have 40,000, but we double sized. But uh, it's, it's more or less the same uh, atmosphere in the city. It's a really liberal and vibrant atmosphere and uh, I've asked one of your pastors how many people go to church on Sunday and they said maybe 1,000, 1,500 people. It's the same to us and really it, it breaks my heart. Can you imagine just one percentage go to church? This is not a religious saying. It's a, it says something about uh, are people connected? Are people in relationship to Jesus? They need this church, guys. They need this church. It's the same in Mainz. Um, we, we have the biggest church. Can you imagine that? We have the biggest church in town with 600 people. The biggest church in a town of 200, 250,000 people. Ah, God, but God is doing something, yeah. right? So 12 years ago, he started with us with 29 people, and now we're 600. And the best is yet to come. And we started to be equippers three months ago, and we have a new session hall, new session hall with 650 seats. Because we believe God has a big harvest for us. Right? All right. Now, now let's start, really. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. My title today is, I choose favor before luck. Favor before luck. In German, it sounds a little bit nicer. It's Gunst before Glück. But in English, favor before luck. Tell your neighbor, favor before luck. I choose favor before luck. There is a Bible verse in the Bible, and it's in the fifth um, Moses, 
chapter 30, verse 19, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose, choose life so that you and your children may live. There is a responsibility in our life to choose the right thing. God wants to bless us. God wants to give life into, in, into our lives. But we have a responsibility to choose it. It's not just coincidence that something happens. And in this case, I need to choose favor before luck. Some people think it's the same. They think it's the same. They say, oh, it's so lucky. It's so lucky that this or this happens. It's luck that I have favor. <laughs> People thinking that, they, they mix it together. They think both can happen sometimes, sometimes not. Hmm. It's, a, it's a question of probability or something like that. It's a question of maybe happened, maybe not. But I tell you, it's a completely different thing. I think we can choose favor before luck. Look, what luck is. Luck... Um, it's just, just a probability. It's a calculated probability. Um, for example, lotto. You play lotto, I've heard. There's lotto also in New Zealand, right? Yeah. And if you play lotto, it's not a, it's not a, a lot of people coming to me, they, they ask me, Pastor, is it a sin to play lotto? I said, no, but it's foolishness. It's a waste of time and a waste of money. Yeah. I tell you why. Because, look, it's mathematic. It's very easy. You have six numbers, and each of these six numbers coming out from 50 different possibilities. And there is a six or seven number, in your case, a seven number from zero to nine. That makes 140 million different possibilities. Wow. 140 million possibilities. <laughs> to hit by, the, by a lightning is one to three million. <laughs> so it's much easier to hit by a lightning. <laughs> to play a, a hole in one golf, a hole in one is one to 12,000. So better you bet on your hole-in-one <laughs> instead to bet on lotto. Yeah. It makes no sense. It's just a matter of probability. That's all. You can't play system lotto and all this stuff, but it's still, it's, it's so, it's, it's, it's not very, it, it will not happen. It can happen. But it's just a matter of probability. You can do it. It's luck. Just luck. It's nothing mystical behind it. Some people praying for it. But it's still just mathematics. Yeah. Luck is mathematics. Okay? It's nothing bad with it. Some people say, for example, it will not rain today. It's luck. Uh, I have not missed the bus. It's luck. Oh, I have luck. I have do, not, do not miss the bus. I tell you, you can do something for this. Yeah. Yeah. 
a little bit. You can do something for it. Uh, not, to, not to get caught when you have fair evasion. Is that something you do, fair evasion? So not paying for the fair when you... Yeah, can it, can it be? Yeah, I did that when I was young. Sorry for that. Then it's luck. But if they, if they caught you without punishment, then it's favor. Yeah. When you go to holidays and you get, get a, good, a good place at the pool, it's luck. You say it's luck. It's just a matter of probability. How many places are free? How many people are in the hotel? It's a matter of luck. That's luck. And it's not bad. Luck is not a bad thing. It's not an anti-Christian thing or something. It's just something you need to calculate. Um, the problem is sometimes it's influenced by um, things which are not working. Lucky charms like four-leaf clover, you know, what that is. Or horses' shoes, pigs. Um, lucky penny or something. I have a lucky penny. So what will this do to your luck? Nothing. It will not change the probability of Lotto. It will not. It does not make any sense. You can't believe it. The problem is we believe in it. We believe in luck. That means we give value to it. And we invest in it. And that's the problem when we put too much pressure or too much value on luck. Favor, on the other hand, is an expression of God's love for us. It's an, it's an expression of God's love for us. Um, in the Bible you can say favor and grace are more or less the same. In some Bibles, you find 15 times, 15 times the word favor. In some Bibles, you find 67 times the word favor. You ask me why? I don't know. <laughs> because the word in, cre in, cre in Greek, the same, it's the same word like grace. Favor and grace is the same. So every time you read favor, you can say it's grace. So maybe you can say it, favor is a little bit more active, activated, favorite grace. Yeah. It's, it's something which you expecting, expected grace. Maybe that's favor. I have favor. I receive favor from a person. That is active grace. Somebody has chosen to favorite you, to prefer you yeah. with no reason, with no reason. That's favor. And that's why we sometimes think it's like luck, because somebody has chosen me to receive favor. But I want to tell you this morning, you were chosen to receive favor. God wants you to give favor. He's not looking for you, and he's not gambling and saying, do I want to give you luck today or not? He's not getting up in the morning and saying, I'm in a good mood or not. If I'm not in a good mood, I will send them lightnings and some punishment because I'm grumble. Blah. No, no, every morning he stands up. He said, I want to favor somebody. I have some favors for somebody. 
That's what God wants to do. We can count on favor. We need not to calculate on it. We need not to say, oh, it's a coincidence. There's favor in my life. Some people are thinking that. They think I'm, I'm an un unlucky person. I'm a person, never something good happens in my life. That's not true. God wants to give you favor. You know what? When luck is just a matter of probability, then unluck or misfortune is just the opposite. So many Christians I know, when something bad happened to them, and bad things happen in a broken world. Accidents happen in a broken world. They said, God wants, God wants to tell me something with it. No. <laughs> no. You're not, not, not lucky. You're unlucky. That's all. It's a matter of probability. That's all. In many, many, many times. If we believe there is luck, and luck is just a matter of probability, then unluck yeah. is the same. Can we get that? Yeah. So, but I do not believe in luck. That's another thing. We believe in the favor of the Lord, yeah. right? We believe that God has grace for us. Yeah. We believe that he wants to bless us. Right. That's what we believe. All right. Are you ready? Now I'm starting. Favor means that God makes a way where no one was before. God makes a way where nowhere was before. For example, Joseph. He was betrayed. He was deceited. He went to prison. But one day he stepped before the Pharaoh and became the most powerful man in whole Egypt. That's amazing. You know what we read in Genesis 39, verse 20? But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. He gets favor. He was in prison. Who would say, who would bet on this guy who sit in the prison and God gives him favor? Another, another example, for example, Esther. Esther, you know Esther? She was a actually, she was a Jew, Jude. She was a refugee. She was in shame. She was an orphan. Uh, but she won the beauty context, contest and became the queen of the whole country. She became the queen. How that happens? In Esther, Esther chapter 2, verse 9, she pleased him and won his favor. Yeah. Immediately, he provided her Her prudy treatments and special food. He assigned her to seven female attendants selected from the king's palace and moved her and her attendants into the best place in the harem. She received favor. She received favor. Or here, let's Isaac. Isaac. Isaac was in a country, and in this country there was a starvation. Starvation, is that right? There was a big starvation, and he thought, maybe I should go to Egypt land, because there's a much better conditions, weather conditions. I go with the whole family there. That's a better, better place to live. It's like when the, when the New Zealand guys in the north say, oh, we go all to the, to the south, because it's a better place to live. 
<laughs> but the Lord said, stay where you are, stay where you are, and I want to give you favor. Do you know what we read? It's in uh, Genesis 26, verse 12. Isaac planted crops in that land, and the same year reaped, reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The Lord, God makes a way, way where no one was. God is able to bless you. God is able to, to forgive you. God is able to give you favor. In a situation where you think, there's no way out. He wants to make a way. That's what his favor is doing. That what he is able to do, that is his, this is his character. This is who he is. You know, but we still thinking maybe, maybe you thinking, how can I receive favor? How this is going to happen? Is it still a question of luck? Is it still a question of probability? Is it still a question how this is going to happen? Because favor, you cannot earn favor. That's a big problem. And favor is pretty unfair. It's just unfair. When you cannot earn it, you can nothing do for it. You can nothing good for it and nothing bad for it. You, you, can, you, can, you, cannot, say, you cannot say, I just try to... to to, to do a lot of things and have a big account with God and now I deserve it and I, I should have favor. People thinking that. In our hearts we're thinking, I serve God every Sunday I go to church. I deserve His favor. But listen, you cannot deserve it. You cannot earn it. It's impossible. On the other hand, there's nothing you can do. You can be the worst person in this house, the worst person in Dunedin, the worst person in New Zealand. You can be the worst person in all, all over the world. You cannot stop God's favor. You know why? This is pretty unfair, right? This is pretty unfair. Come, come on, be honest. This cannot happen. The best person, the worst person, you cannot. How can that be? Because it's not of you. It's not of you. It's, it's because of Jesus. Jesus brings the favor. Jesus gives us the favor. Because he, he deserves the favor and receives the favor. Look, he makes it available to us. In Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2. We have these verses. Maybe you've heard about them. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God. That's in the Old Testament. And Jesus take those for, took those verses and declares them. It's on his ordination. He prophesied over himself. He said, this is all about. And he take these verses and we see it in uh, Luke, 4, Luke 4, verse 18 and 19. 
the Spirit of the Lord is, is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recover the sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's it. He stops. He just, he just recited this. Not the rest of and the day of the vengeance of our Lord. Not. He's not reciting it. He said, think, what started here and now is the favor. What started here and now is the favor of the Lord. Not the condemnation. Not the condemnation. Not the judgment. The judgment will come, but not now. We're living in a time of grace. We're living in a time of favor. Jesus proclaims favor and grace. Not condemnation. Freedom. It's so important to know. He's not coming to bring judgment. God's favor is fully available for us. In John 10.10 we read, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus is coming, or Jesus came because to, to give full life abundantly, not just a little. Some, a lot of Christians thinking God is coming and give us enough to live so that we can be still alive doing our jobs. But what Jesus is saying here is he's coming and bring the Life abundantly. That means if the class is full, he's still put in some water. Overflowing. Still overflowing. There's more. And the devil on the other side, what we see here, what we read here is he comes only to, to, to steal, kill, and destroy. Too much Christians still like to be robbed, to be slaughtered to be ruined they still like it because they don't know what Jesus wants for them they want to give us favor favor should be our new life atmosphere it's the atmosphere we're living in it's not the atmosphere of legalistic no 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 God wants to set a different view a different world view for you you're looking on everything and say, yeah, it might be luck, but it can also be favor. Because, because God, because God makes favor available to me. I can have favor. Not because of me. Not that I deserve it or don't deserve it. It's just because of Him. Yeah. It's just because of Him. There's amazing another verse. Are you ready for another verse? Yeah. I don't know. Where's the count? Oh, yeah, they are. In Rome 5, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through 
whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of glory of God. Isn't that interesting? We have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. The foundation we are in. The life atmosphere we are breathing should be grace. Should be favor. That's what God brings us. That was what God has 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 achieved achieved for us. It's it's all about grace. It's so when I look at it's available for us. It's a foundation. It's not performance. It's not happiness. It's not coincidence. It's not context in which we. It, Not only all these things de determines, de determines, determines our lives, it's His favor. His favor. René Descartes, maybe you've heard about, it's a French philosoph, philosoph, French philosoph, philosoph, French philosoph, he said, <laughs> I try. <laughs> But he's French. <laughs> he said, cogito ergo sum. Cogito ergo sum. It's Latin. And it means in English, I think, therefore I am. Maybe you've heard about that. I think, therefore I am. Um, rather, he said, I doubt, therefore I am. That's what he said. Because he was a big thinker. And what he said basically was, there's a radical doubt. There's nothing real. Nothing is real. You are not real. I'm not real. This stage is not real. Uh, these boxes are not real. Nothing is real. Everything is just an imagination. It could be there. It could be not there. It's a radical doubt. Everything, why it should really happen. Maybe just our brain telling us something. It's... It's not really there. See, he was a thinker. The only thing I can know is, I can really know is, that I doubt. Yeah. He said, the only thing I know that I doubt. So he said, because I think, therefore I am. I doubt before I am. But this doubt tells him something else. He considered himself as imperfect. Why? Because uh, when I assume that I'm imperfect, there must be something perfect. If I'm imperfect, something must be there which is perfect. I'm imperfect, then there's something. Because, you know, how do you know that something is, is a straight line? You can only see a straight line when there's a curve. You can only see a curve when there's a straight line. You, you, you see, he, he knows that there must be something perfect because he's imperfect. So he assumes, otherwise you don't know. And that was the first subjective um, proof of God in history. So he understands there must be God. There must be something perfect because I'm imperfect. I know I doubt. So there must be something perfect 
in the universe. And that's what he's thinking. And this is really interesting. And what inspires me was that he, that he thought the, uh, that the doubt was the primary and determining thought of a human being. That's interesting. I thought, the doubt. The doubt is the primary and determining thought of a human being. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but not every human is thinking. <laughs> uh, so, some displace it or, or distract themselves watching Netflix. <laughs> because sometimes thinking is, is some, it costs you something. And... and <laughs> Because there's this nagging thought in myself of this imperfection. I'm not enough. I'm insufficient. There's something what I need. There's a place in my heart which is very alone. There's this nagging doubt inside of people. And he understands that. René Descartes understands that. And what I like about that is this French philosopher is not a Christian or something. He was not a Christian. And it is 400 years ago. But the Bible basically tells us this fact. It's a worldview you see in the Bible. You know, in the beginning of Genesis, you find two trees in the garden. There's a tree of life. And there's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God says, never eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Never. And you know what happened? <laughs> they eat from this tree. And you know what happened? No, they know what good and evil is. And you're thinking, maybe, maybe you're thinking, what's wrong with that? Come on, what's wrong? To know what good and evil is. All our children should know what good and evil is. They should understand what good and evil is. Why this is the big problem. The Bible tells us that in the moment the humans ate from it, they came, became aware that they are shamed. And you know why? Because they start doubting. You know, everything in our life, every step we do, we ask ourselves, do I am right? I'm doing wrong. I'm not sure. Is that right? Is that wrong? As a Christian, we ask ourselves for every occasion, is that the right thing to do or the bad thing to do? Which is the right decision? I need to choose. Right or wrong? And that's maybe the reason why we do some lists with rules. To be clear. <laughs> For everything we do, we have a clear idea. Priorities. That make legalistic churches. That make legalistic denominations. That make legalistic lives. You know what? You don't need to go to a legalistic church. 
We are legalistic by ourselves. <laughs> we make our own lists. In the beginning of the year, we start doing what we like to do and not to do. And we're judging ourselves what is good and what is bad. And we're running through life, judging ourselves day by day, doubting what is good and what is bad because of this list. And you know what? It's like hell. Actually, it is hell. When you read the story further, you see that God placed an angel before the garden to forbid Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of life again. Because he wants, because he, he wants to hinder them to live forever. You find a worse day. They could live forever, but with a knowledge of good and evil. And he said, you know, death is better than the knowledge of good and evil. Thinking about that. This is tremendous. This, 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 this legalistic style of thinking, this judging all the time by myself or other people, or the, just the thinking what others think what good and bad is, that makes me crazy. That makes people crazy. You know what the answer of God is? In the New Testament, to this doubt, to this fundamental doubt in our hearts, he said, have faith. Have faith in my grace. Have faith in my grace. Look, there are two trees, and these trees, and this, they're symbolic, symbolic for the tree on which Jesus gave his life to provide grace. The only thing we need to do is to have faith into it. It's the opposite of doubt. It's the opposite of doubt. God wants to release us from the legalistic idea of good and evil. Always thinking, always judging. I'm okay. What happened when you come into a room in a party? Do you think I'm okay? Do I have the right clothes on? Do I look right? Do I speak right? It's always there. And the answer to this legalistic thing is his favor. It's just grace. It's just grace. Isn't that amazing? Uh, so position yourself for favor. It's not about your performance. Just pos position yourself doesn't mean working for it you know what we read in the Bible about Abraham he said he believed in God he believed that he would have a child <laughs> what could he do for it 
I mean, he, there is something he needs to do. Okay. Well. But what else? Nothing. In in Germany, we had, we had a couple of weeks ago, we had a very snowy winter, and it snowed three meters snow, three meters. Can you imagine? And a lace at the roof of some. It was is very heavy. So, and when you st stood under this roof, it could be that the snow falls on you. But only when you position yourself. When you go away, it will never fall on you. Of course not. When you go in inside the house, it will never fall on you. Of course not. It's only when you position yourself at the end of the roof and wait. It will come. I tell you. And this is what we need to do for favor. We position ourselves. We say we're ready. We're believing it's coming. And that's the right place to wait. He has favor for me. I'm no exception. I cannot that bad. I cannot that good. I position myself. I, I, whatever happened, I'm not the best person of the world, of the worst person. I'm not a middle person. I'm just the person you are saying I am. And I need your grace. I don't miss the target because this is what sin means. Ha, hamatia. Hamatia is the word in Greek and it means just not be in the target. When you are a person who says, I'm not in the target, I'm not hitting it, I'm not a hundred percent person, that's for you. You need grace. You need favor. You don't need luck. You need his favor. And God provides it for you. God has it for you. Do not allow your natural circumstances to dictate your expectations of God's grace. Never let the lack of finances control your mind. Never let the abundance of finances make you forget God. To keep his favor, we must learn to deal good with good. God gives favor and we need to deal with good. You know, one of my fa favorite verses in the Bible is, is Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If we seek God's favor, if we believe God, then something turns around. Look, I do not have to seek kindness and grace. They are looking for me. Look, look. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. They follow me. We're always thinking, I have to look for them. And in the beginning, we have to position ourselves. But then they will follow us. Can you imagine kindness, the kindness of God, the goodness of God? The mercy, the grace of God, they follow me. Wherever I go, they are here. They're like two puppies. One, one is the goodness, the other one is favor. 
woo, woo, woo. Wherever you go, woo, woo, woo. they follow you. Wherever, woo, woo, woo. Let, leave me alone. Woo, 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 woo. Oh, they always follow. There's favor for you, and this favor, this mercy will follow you. This is amazing, right? Let's believe God for His favor. Let's believe God for His favor in my neighborhood. Let's believe God for His favor in my job. Let's believe God's favor in my marriage. Let's believe God's favor. He makes a way where no way is. In every circumstances, there is favor in my life. I don't know how it comes, and I don't care, because there's favor in my life. Let's believe for favor for this country, for this city. Let's believe for favor for your job, for your finances. Let's believe God has something for you. You cannot, you cannot fight against it. You not deserve it. You're not good enough for it. But you're not bad enough for it. It's just as it is. There's favor for you. It's not your goodness. It's the goodness of Jesus Christ. He paid fully. Fully paid. It's stronger than your sin. It's stronger than your doubt. It's stronger. God, make a way in your life. Can we pray together? Let's stand. Father, we thank you for your presence, for your beautiful presence right now. Thank you that your forgiveness and your love is not luck. That we are here today, that this is not luck, that this is not an accident. We position ourselves in your house and we know your goodness and your favor starts to following us, starts to following us. You're searching us, you're looking for us all around because you love us, you love us. God, we, we feel so not worthy. We feel not complete. We feel so selfish and so nothing is right in us. But Lord, you have favor and grace for us. You have a transformational power for us. It's your favor. Lord, we receive this favor right now. We position ourselves. We cannot do something for it. We can just be there and say, Lord, thank you. We believe in you. We believe in you. We stop judging ourselves with a knowledge of good and evil. We believe in you. You are good. You're good enough. Your goodness and your mercy following me. And I, you find me in your house today. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.